This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. And then it says in the book of Luke, they divided his garments among themselves. Take a portion of what you have and give it to them. I dare you to do that. You want favor from God? You want your prayers to be answered? You want to meet God face to face? You want God to come out from behind closed doors and meet you and commune with you and you want to enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise? Humility? You see why humility is so important? Because you cannot get to this place of forgiveness unless you've gotten to the door of humility. This week, as God's been bringing things from your past, you've been trying to rebuke it and push it away. In fact, those are doors that God's bringing in your life. Do you realize it? God's bringing those doors to give you an opportunity for you to meet God face to face. Those doors of opportunities that are coming for you to respond in humility, instead of rebuking it, pleading the blood of Jesus over it, that's a door of opportunity. Open the door of humility. Open the door of forgiveness or obedience. I believe forgiveness is a big thing that, that God requires from us. That's why he taught his disciples to pray and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. How are you doing in the area of loving those who were wrong? Are you still judging them based on the past? Are you still judging them? There are many people who wronged me. Many people who are family to me, close to me, have wronged me. Pain is a real thing. Hurt is a real thing. I praise God that he gave us tear glands to be able to cry. I praise God that his word talks about forgiveness. I praise God that he calls us to the standard of saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So that you be sons of your Father who is in heaven. You know what happened this week? I was able to boldly and truthfully tell everybody that I encountered, I've never been able to trust God the way I've been able to trust God this week. He's been so tangible. He's been so real. The reason why I call this, this title of the message God Behind Closed Doors is because it started off as God Behind Closed Doors. And as this, these doors were before me, I had to humble myself and say, God, I need you. <laughs> not my works, Lord, I need you. God, not my eloquence, I need you. Not my reputation, I need you. And then he walked me into the next, he says, okay, now will you forgive? And that was hard, man. In fact, this morning I said, God, give me one more week to preach this message because I want to live it longer. God said, no, go preach it. And as you preach it, I'll help you forgive. I'll help you get through. Church, if we could be really a church that lets go, let goes of the root of bitterness and forgives. And forgives, and forgives, and forgives, and forgives. This morning as I was driving over here, that's why I was praying, God, take a portion of my anointing and give it to my haters. It says in the book of Romans, it says in the book of Proverbs, that do good to those who hate you. And it'll be like burning coals on their head. You know why it's like burning coals on their head? Because those who hate you, if the character is warped, and I've said this for many years now, blessing without character is a curse. And when you pray for blessing over them, if God changes them, and the blessing actually turns out to be good for the glory of God, praise God. But if the character is warped, and the blessing you pray over them, they use it to abuse it, they bring the punishment of God on themselves. You don't have to punish them. You pray blessings over them. I dare you this week, those that hurt you, those that have criticized you, those who have abused you, your ex-husband that lied to you, cheated on you, pray blessing over them. I know this is a tough word. This is a tough word, I know that. So let's go back to the book of Acts and let me illustrate this. Peter, it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 25, when Peter entered, okay, we saw go and now entered, you don't just enter into a room without a door. He entered, 
When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. This is insane. Cornelius, man, I mean, he's, you know, over 100 soldiers, 100 men, soldiers, whatever he asks them to do, they will do it. And he comes and falls at the feet of Peter. I mean, LOL. It's crazy. It's like, what kind of a meme is this, you know? Where are the hidden cameras? He's worshipping a fisherman. Dude, who, who couldn't even, like, cut a guy's neck off and he chopped off his ear. You remember when the guy that gets him, he's like, whoosh, whoosh, a ear falls off. Marcus is here. And Jesus had a field in back. Here's a, a centurion falling at the feet of Peter. <laughs> you know, Peter could have, could, have, could have, you know, capitalized on this and said, that's right, worship me. You stinking Roman, you Gentile. I mean, for the Jews, for the Orthodox Jews, Gentiles were considered as dogs. But look at this. Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I too am a man. One of the hindrances in opening the door of forgiveness is not recognizing that those who have hurt you are men just like you. They're men just like you. You see, Peter loved Jesus. You know that? He loved him very dearly. And he watched the Romans beat him. He watched the Roman soldiers strip him naked, make fun of him. And Peter over here could have felt like Job, payback time. But he picks him up and says, no, I'm, just a, a, man, I'm a man just like you. Side, side note, a small person will try to act big, will speak without discernment. A little person will try to talk big and bring the wrath of God on themselves. But a truly big person is able to fall at feet. A truly big person is able to come to Job and say, I was wrong. A truly big person is able to come to God and say, God, I need a savior. Peter lifts him up saying, stand up, I too am a man. Job's friends, they were capable of making mistakes. The Roman officials were capable of making mistakes. And everybody that's hurt you are capable of making mistakes. And you too are capable of making mistakes. You too have hurt someone in your life that you wish that they would forgive you. Anyways, and it says, as he talked with him, that as Peter talked to Cornelius, he went in. Once again, he enters in, he went in, and he found many persons gathered. The closed door is waiting for you to unlock it. What God is calling Peter to do is unorthodox, man. Go into the house of an unclean person. I told you, for some of you, God's going to ask you to open the door of humility for you to find salvation. For some of you who are saved, God's asking you to open the door of humility and walk in obedience so that God can finally use you for what he created you to do. God doesn't want to use you like the people that mentored you. God wants to use you for what he created you to do. And for that, he's going to have you walk in humility and grow in discernment and open the door in obedience and open the door in forgiveness. Open the door. Let go of your past. If you're carrying your past with you, you cannot go where God's calling you to go. If Peter was holding on to grudge with the Romans, he couldn't go and do what God's calling him to do. If Peter was not ready to walk in humility, God could not use him. In fact, he'd be proving that he's not born again. Here we go, number three. Once you open the door of humility... Once you open the door of obedience or forgiveness, God begins to open a door that no man can close. And the door that God opens, man, it's insane. I've been praying this for our church. I've been praying this for my family. I'm like, Lord, open the doors that no man can close. It says in Revelation chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to the church in um, Philadelphia, he says, I know you're weak. And I know how long you can endure. Beautiful. God knows how long you can go. In fact, our very first message in the book of Job, I said, Satan does not know your limits, but God knows. Praise the Lord. He knows your limits. 
God knows how much you can handle. God knows how much you can endure. God knows the calling for your life. God knows your pride. God knows your failures. It's easy for you once you know that God knows for you to respond in humility and say, God, I'm coming, Lord. I want to open the door to humility. Show me what you have. Correct me for what you got for me. And then I will walk in obedience, God, because you've already gone before me. God knows how much you can handle. And he says, I've laid before you a door that no man can close. Okay, God has a door, favor waiting for you behind the door. Nothing can steal it, nothing can stop it. The only thing that can hinder it is your pride and your disobedience and your unforgiveness. The only thing that can hinder it. See, Job's friends, God said, I will forgive you, go do this. I will forgive you, go do this. God had forgiveness waiting for them. The only thing that could stop it was their pride. Thank God they responded in humility. The only thing that could have stopped it was Job's arrogance if he said, I'm not going to pray. And Job would have proved that he's not really a child of God. God has favor waiting for you. God has promises waiting for you. By favor, I'm not talking about cars and houses and vineyards, man. I'm talking about the peace that passes all understanding. I'm talking about a peace of mind in a world like this. I'm talking about understanding from God's word. Understanding of your situation for what God is doing. I'm talking about walking in the supernatural and not just in the natural. I'm talking about God showing you the purposes for your life. I'm talking about doors that God has for you that you've been pounding on and God says that's not how it's going to open. It's got to start with humility. It's got to start with obedience and forgiveness. And then the door that I open, no man can close. I want you to rejoice in this knowing that the blessings that God has for you, it's irrevocable. It's up to you this morning. What do you want to do with it? It's up to you. So here we go. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Nemethite went and did what the Lord had told them to do. Ah, thank you, Lord. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. It's a deep sigh of relief for me. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the day after I've gone through a dry spell when I pray and I'm like, he heard me. You ever been there? When I pick up my guitar and I begin to worship and I was like, ah, here is the river of God. It's beautiful. Yesterday we were rehearsing and I couldn't put the guitar down. We were going out in the night and I was like, ah, this is beautiful. I want to stay here. I was losing my voice just rehearsing for worship and I was like, this is amazing. This is great. This is beautiful. Sometimes in the night I sit up and, you know, after dry spell, after dry spell, after, you know when pastors go through dry spells, it's like, Lord, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And, and God's trying to birth something in me, but I'm running after thing. I'm listening to one thing after another. I'm trying to make something happen. And God says, be still and know that I'm God. And finally, he hears my prayers. <laughs> no, no one's with me on that. Oh, come on. I'm preaching at the right church. You know, after dry spell, after dry season, it's 42 chapters of sores and boils and accusations, sitting on the ash heap. My children are dead. My wife says, curse God and die. And God answers my prayers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The door that God opens, no man can close. It's a joy when you can experience the power of answered prayers. And Job has a relief of answered prayers. And not just that. And look at this, verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. I had to underline that in a different color because it's not really about the fortunes. But it says, when he had prayed for his friends. God restored the fortunes when he had prayed for his friends. I don't know how to get this past your skin into your heart. It starts with humility. The second door is obedience slash forgiveness. When you're able to pray for those who have hurt you, when you're able to bless those who offended you, when you'll be able to not just let go of the past, but let go in such a way by blessing them so that when you see similarities in your present, you don't let your past wounds bleed on the people that God's bringing in your way. 
because these people that God's bringing, God wants you to serve them. God wants you to lead them to Christ. God wants you to minister to them. But what do you do? You kick them out. And you say, you're just like those people. No, 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 get out of here. You're judging them based on your past because you're not forgiving these people. And you're still bleeding on these. And once you're able to let go of that, wow, once you pray for them, it says God restores all that Job had lost. In fact, twice as much when he had prayed for his friends. When, see, I'm not, I'm not shouting and screaming too much this morning because this is a message that I don't want you to get excited about. I want you to respond to. This is a message I want it to sink in. I want this to become your, your life lessons. In fact, this message, what I've been praying for is that each and every one of you will respond not out of pride, but out of genuine humility. When we have the baptism on the 4th of July, I pray that many of you will be baptized again because what you were baptized into was a tradition. And what I want you to be baptized into is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The walk of humility, opening the door of obedience, saying, Lord, take me where you want to go. I will follow God. I will obey anything you ask me to do. Even if it goes against the norms of what I've been taught, I will do what you tell me to do. I will walk in discernment, Lord. What you tell me, I will do. Where you call me, I will go. And God gives them twice as much. We'll look at Job's blessings in the coming weeks, but here we go. I want to bring this to a close and go back to the book of Acts. Go back to the book of Acts. It says, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Actually, before I go to 44, Peter is over here. Picture this with me. It's kind of crazy. I don't think Job knows what he had to do when his friends show up. Job, you remember in in the first uh, chapter, it says that he offered sacrifice for his children on a regular basis. You remember that? He offered burnt offerings to the Lord for his children, but his children are all dead. He has no children to offer burnt sacrifice with, but his friends come and he offers a burnt sacrifice for his friends. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. He has no idea why he's there. All he knows is that God said, go. Cornelius knows, doesn't know why Peter is there. All he knows is God said, send for Peter. What do you do? Please listen to me now. You've gotten through humility. You've gotten through obedience and forgiveness. And now, you feel like, I'm waiting for my favor. What do I do? Maybe you are here. This is what you do. You do what you do. You do what you do. Job, was a man who offered sacrifice to God. He offered sacrifice to God. Peter was a man who did what? He was always talking. He was always talking. Praise God, he wasn't talking about fishing. He was talking about Jesus. And so he gets up and he starts talking. Jesus was a man who came into the world and he was crucified. He was killed by these people even though he had done no sin. And, And long chapter, and he's just talking about Jesus. He just does what he does. And you know what happens? It's fantastic. Look at this. As Peter was still saying these things, verse 44, the Holy Ghost fell on all who heard the word. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is PO Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.